This is Ed Cohen, your broadcast host today on GlobalRadioTalkShow.com, a broadcast service of GlobalHRNews.com. Coming to you today, I'm here in San Diego, and our special guest, Nick Martin from Topia, is currently in Bellevue, Washington. So let's say hello to Nick Martin from Topia. Ed, how are you? Great to be here, and thank you for having me on the program. Uh, thank you for your time. I know that you're a moving target these days, and so we'll be uh, quick and to the point here. I want to find out about you personally and about the new Topia and about technology and growing involvement with HR things and particularly talent mobility management. So, Nick, I hear your dialect here, your accent is from Australia. Tell us about yourself. Where are you from in Australia? Yeah, absolutely, Ed. So um, I'm from Melbourne, Australia. So I grew up in country Victoria and then made the move down to Melbourne when I went to Melbourne University a long time ago now, Ed, (laughs) half my life ago now. And then I started uh, in talents. I was in recruitment for about 10 years and then made the switch over to Topia in February of 2018 and saw the opportunity to, to move into a software company in an industry that seems like it had a lot going for it and a, and a lot of opportunity as well to to disrupt and to really add more value when it came to technology. So yeah, I joined in Melbourne and spent 18 months there building out the APAC market with my colleague, Rebecca Applewhite. And then an opportunity came up on the West Coast. And clearly there's a lot more large enterprise organizations on the West Coast than there are in Australia. And I jumped at the opportunity. Um, had some some tears and apprehension in the house, first of all, to, to get to the point where we decided we were going to go. We've got three small children, one, three, and five. So it was a, a big decision, Ed, but we're very glad we made the move. Well, I thank you very much. So how was Topia viewed in Australia? Yeah, so to be fair, Australia is a bit more of an immature market when it comes to technology and particularly technology purchases in, in mobility. So Topia was viewed as what's this new company that is, you know, that, that is offering technology and generally an industry that doesn't look at, you know, or hadn't looked at technology in the past or historically. So people were intrigued. People didn't necessarily have an understanding or, you know, were necessarily educated on, on what it meant to have an assignment management platform overviewing and, and really integrating your whole global mobility program. So there was definitely a lot of intrigue, but it, it was hard going to, you know, to get that message through to, to those large companies. We had some success, which was great, but it was also, you know, it was also difficult with organizations that, that really were coming for, from a long way back. Good story. Good story. So, but there is growth opportunity there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and look, I still do look at the APAC market. When opportunities come up, we have some existing flagship customers that are still based in Melbourne, actually, and yeah, very, very positive customers as well. And, and things are going well. And they're looking at further opportunities through some of our new developments as well. And, and yes, there is definitely more opportunity there, particularly in the, the oil and gas mining and engineering consultancy realm. So yeah, we, we certainly haven't taken our eye off Asia Pack, but we're just investing more heavily in, in North America and EMEA at the moment. Okay, I want to dig deeper now into your own relo here, because this is really hardcore. So how did Mrs. Martin feel about the idea of relocating? <laughs> yeah, well, it's been interesting, Ed. 
being on the other side. So, you know, I spent the first 18 months in my mobility experience, you know, trying to, to understand as best I could both the employer and the employee pains when it came to global mobility. And it wasn't, you know, until I started this process really sort of back in November of last year, so 12 months ago, that it really sort of hit home as to what it took to be able to get someone or a family of five from one side of the world to the other. And and first of all, starting with uh, with Claire, my wife, our youngest child was about six months old when I when I brought this up. And um, so, yeah, I mean, she was certainly looked at me with a blank face and said, what are you talking about? All our family and our support is here. We're setting up for school where, you know, we've, we've got a beautiful house here. We're settled here. You know, why, why would you want to disrupt us as a family? And we started talking about the opportunity. And I, I was very cognizant not to, to sell this to, to her. I didn't want to sell this to her. I wanted her to understand what the, the pros and cons were. And then, and then we make a decision as a family. And it really came down in the end, Ed, to, to actually making the decision. There's still a lot of hard work to get through to, to get here, but to actually make the decision, it really came down to why not? So we, we went through the pros and cons and it kept coming back to what have we got to lose and, and why not? So I'm still grateful that she's she's taken that and made that decision for us to, to be here. And yeah, I can certainly talk you through some of the detail between when we decided that we were keen to actually getting here. So does she get home leave? <laughs> she uh, look. She's pretty full on at home at the moment. I mean, with the three kids, it's yeah, you know, it's it's pretty intense, particularly with their age gaps. There's 21 months between between both of them. Our eldest has started school, you know, so you know she, she's at home quite a lot. We are planning back uh, to head back to Australia on the 20th of of December for a couple of weeks to spend Christmas or or what you guys call here the the holidays back at home. So we're looking forward to seeing some family and, and you know, telling them some of our adventures here in uh, in the Bay Area and, and, and the West Coast. So did you have to sell your home in Australia or, or can you hang on to it and rent it out? Yeah, so we rented it out. So that was actually one of the easier parts of the process. That wasn't too difficult to do, which which we were lucky. We found some great renters who literally had just relocated back from the Bay Area after working for Google. So it was quite, quite coincidental. And I mean, they love the house. They've already put in an offer on the house and, and we've turned that down. So that was actually quite a simple part of the process, Ed. Well, that's great. That's just a happy process. How do you, as a family, particularly Mrs. Martin, communicate? Do you use FaceTime or Zoom video with mm-hmm. people back home? Yep. So a mix, a mix between FaceTime and WhatsApp. It's better than just a phone call and a voice, but it's not the same as being there for sure. I mean, it's it, it's certainly better and. Being able to to use data as well makes it easy because it you know doesn't cost you anything when you have an unlimited an unlimited data plan which which is great so the cost is you know is negligible and then of course FaceTime is it's a lot more effective and a lot more personable than just having a phone call but as you said it's certainly not the same as as being in person. Okay, that's great. So the benefit package, you know, I'm intrigued. So mm. is, is Topia a good group to work for? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll premise it by saying that we're, we're 175 employees, so we're still a fairly small company compared to the organisations that, that we attempt to sell our product to, um, who are normally enterprise organisations. So we have three people in our HR team globally, and I will always be, and I spoke about this yesterday at the, at the Pacific Northwest Relo Council event, I'll always be indebted and grateful to Topia because they invest, they invested in me and my family to make, uh, to make the, the trip over here. And so it was a lump sum package. 
Um, it was a fair package and we, we obviously had to negotiate that because moving to the Bay Area, as you would be aware, Ed, is not a cheap venture for anyone, particularly with, with you know, trying to house and feed five people. So you know, we, we negotiated through the, the start of this year and, and got to a package that was fair for both us and also fair for Topia. And yeah, so it was, as I said, it was a fair lump sum. And I used that for, for you know, various components of, of setting up a life in the U.S., so you're walking the talk. So when you talk to companies, boy, you're not selling them anything. You're just explaining what you went. <laughs> well, particularly the employee experience. So that's that's been really handy. And I I, I don't want to harp too much on on the Topia product on on this call, um, Ed. But I must say this was a, an area that my wife and I did use quite a lot, which was the employee experience. So we used our our city guides. We used our neighbourhood planner. Our HR team was able to send us tasks like upload your letter of offer or upload your passport here, which was really handy. So we didn't have to do it more than once. And just being able to educate ourselves on on San Francisco and how to set up a life in, in San Francisco and the US in general, which, sorry, for those who are US citizens, you know, it probably doesn't mean much to them, but it's it's quite a convoluted process to set up a life in the States. So yeah, I've got some, certainly got some good and bad experiences and, and, and some some interesting stories as well around that. So use of technology, because this is all about tech. So yeah. social security, bank account, credit card, you know, why is it so hard? It's interesting, Ed. I, I'm, I'm really surprised at some of the differences between the U.S. and Australia. Some parts of, of setting up a life in, in the States are a lot easier, and, and, and some are surprisingly a lot more difficult. And, for example, you, you, know, you cannot set up a social security number unless you are in-country, and therefore you can't be set up on payroll until you have a social security number. You can't get a car lease until you have a social. social. And unfortunately, our, our social was lost in the mail for two weeks. So we had a, we had an interesting first sort of three or four weeks without that, with my wife, uh, with Claire, effectively housebound without a car. And I, I'm, I'm trying to start work. Um, we, we couldn't get paid, of course, because we didn't have payroll set up. So yeah, so it was difficult. I mean, that's not anyone's fault. That's just, it got lost in the mail. But even still, setting up a bank account Luckily, I'll, I'll, I'll put in a dig for the uh, for Bank of the West. They, they were absolutely great and, and got us set up beforehand so that we could, you know, we could have a bank account and, and access a credit card before our social. But yeah, um, sending sending checks for rent and you know, the, these types of you know, what what we consider quite backward banking processes where everything is done electronically in Australia. So that that was that was an eye opener. But it takes a few weeks and you get your head around it. Okay, so this is really interesting. I assume you don't have any problem getting in front of people and talking about your personal experience and how technology could be helpful to their own needs. Is that correct? Is that a good assumption? It's always hard getting in front of people, Ed, because in my role as an enterprise account executive, there's thousands of enterprise account executives that are trying to get in front of senior HR and mobility people, particularly in the Bay Area. So I wouldn't say it's 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 easy, but there's definitely interest and intrigue in in what we're doing, and I feel like the the doors are starting to to open a lot more than you know the first couple of months, and we're starting to have some really productive and, and fruitful conversations about you know where our technology is headed and where it is now as well, which is really exciting. And yeah, we're just I think I feel like I'm just starting to get my my feet on the ground and, and, and under the table and um, you're really starting to have some productive conversations with some of the key, you know, the key accounts that we're, you know, we think we can add value. Okay, this is a good thing. So about technology and relocation, 
advice, relocation guidance. In your move, pre-move, city guides, neighborhoods, mm-hmm. document transfer, things like that. Yep. Is it tech friendly here? It is. So it's it's all it's all designed around minimizing communication with when I say minimizing communication with mobility teams, I don't mean not having a personal relationship with them. I just mean trying to educate yourself and your spouse and your family as much as you can through technology and then having conversations and using services where required. So we're not necessarily cutting out the DSP because, for example, I used a home search um, organization which ended up finding us a house off market. So there's still always going to be room for certain services, but we believe that there are, there are certain areas that you don't have to pay for as a service and you can use technology to, to help educate you. For example, you know, what is it like setting up in your, you know, setting up a life in your host city? Which suburb can I afford to live in with my budget? And I don't want to commute more than an hour. Which, which suburbs can I, can I potentially look at? So things like that, just to make it, just to de-stress that process and educate you and your family on, on where you're headed and, and, and how far your budget's going to get. So are you now in East Bay or North Bay? North Bay. Yeah. And do you like it there? Love it. Can't believe yeah. it. L- little scary about the lack of rain. <laughs> we haven't, yeah. had a drop, haven't had a drop of rain in five months, but um, it is beautiful. The people are ridiculously friendly and it's a, it is a lovely part of the world and the, and the schooling system seems you know, exceptional so far. Good. So the missus is settling in all right. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. So let's talk about Topia. There's a new day. There's a new app. Saw the New York thing. Why don't you talk a little bit about the app? Yep. So, yeah, I mean, we're very excited to have an app. I mean, there's the, the, there are a lot of apps, in, uh, particularly in the Bay Area, that come out. But for us, this is, yeah, this is a really important part of our development. And we always had a mobile-friendly website that you could access on, on your mobile. But to be able to move this to, to an app now just brings us up with the times really um, in terms of that employee experience. And and the reason why we have the app is it always comes back to, Ed, regardless of who we speak to, it always comes back to the employee experience. So we're, we're trying to, again, simplify, automate and, and make the employee experience as, as easy as possible. So again, we're, we're de-stressing for the family, but we're also making it easier for the mobility team to know that the employee can you know, check where they're up to in terms of their statuses and, and, and you get a greater picture for their host city and, and where they're headed, wherever they are, whenever they want to be. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really exciting progression for us and, and one that I'm glad we got to um, before the end of the year. How expensive was it in, in, in general terms, going back to your own Relo, to move you and your family into Northern California from Australia? Yeah, so I won't I won't go into specific dollar amounts yet if that's all right, but it's an expensive process. But the thing is, it's a lot more expensive to you know to say this is not going to work, it's too hard. Thanks, Nick. We'll write your reference, and you know you can you can find another role in Australia, and and then have to find someone on the west coast to to train to bring into the organisation to see whether they're going to fit culturally. Do they have the right skill set? How long is the uptake for them to be educated in in this space? So even though there is an investment when it comes to you know, a monetary investment, and as I said, I'll I'll, I'll always be eternally grateful to Topia for, for doing that. You know the cost, and and you know we have empirical evidence on this. You know the cost to replace someone in is often more than three times the salary 
of that employee. So when you think about the cost of that versus the cost of moving someone, if you have the right person, you think they're the right cultural fit and they've got the right skill set, then you know you, you make that investment and, and, and you help that person to move. So you're saying that there is empirical evidence, evidence-based decision-making regarding the cost of cost and effort of relocating someone as opposed to trying to find someone new and hoping they fit in. Absolutely. Yep. And, and, you know, I, I use this as, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm speaking to, to prospects, you know, I actually have a slide. I actually have a slide that details this around the, you know, around the cost of, of replacement of headcount versus moving someone. So this, this really brings us now to that talent mobility piece, Ed, which I'd love to touch on because that's the whole idea of, uh, you know, and the whole vision of our business is, Allowing organizations to open their eyes to, to mobility and how mobility can actually play a positive part and, and have a positive impact on the organization's overall talent strategy. So what I mean by that is, if you take my example, retention and development. So being able to retain me as, as someone who, of course, who, who Topia wanted to retain and, and of course, some, um, me who wanted to stay with the business therefore retain someone who's now at almost the two year mark and, and certainly not going anywhere. So hopefully we'll have a you know a minimum of a five or six year you know career with, with Topia, which in today's terms is you know is a pretty long stint. And the development piece as well for me personally and professionally. So I now get the opportunity and my family gets the opportunity to come to another country to learn another culture, for the children to to experience that as well. And then I get the experience of working in a you know, in, in a fast growing industry in, a, in one of the fastest growing areas economies in the world, and then get to take that back to Australia one day, which obviously is going to help me with with my next role or my next role after that. So, the retention and development piece for my personal move was was great. And I suppose you could also look at the attraction if you're looking at another case. You could look at the attraction piece as well. So, some organisations we speak to use use mobility as a, as a key as a key attraction strategy. So if you come and work with us within the first two years, we guarantee you will go on assignment somewhere in the world. Now, their competitors aren't doing that. So these guys have got a competitive advantage by using mobility in their talent strategy. Well, that's very super cool for Gen Z as well as millennials. Correct. And, and that's where it's targeted at, really. I mean, that's, as, as you probably know, Ed, the younger generation, uh, if they don't get if they don't get exposure to other cultures and, and other countries, then you know, they find another company that will do it for them. So com- organizations have got to get in front of this and get on top of this and really understand the value that mobility can play as really the core central piece to, to the talent strategy. And, and hopefully by using technology, they can, they can get ahead of the game and again, use it as a competitive advantage against their key competition. So is this a boardroom decision or does it have to go inch by inch up the chain? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it really is a case-by-case basis and it depends where the decision-making power sits. You know, the larger the organization, it's probably not going to go all the way to the top for you know, a Fortune 100 organization. But for some of those you know, medium to larger organizations, sometimes it will go to the CEO or to the CFO to make that final decision. But again, it, it depends on the size and complexity of the business. Well, Nick Martin, it's really been a pleasure and a delight to speak with you a few minutes about your own experience. It's real life, reality-based. So let's just talk as we sum up here and go forward about talent mobility, The what I call the global talent pipeline development, mm-hmm. and obviously the role of the relocation benefit package and mindset 
it's a mindset, isn't it, within a company that is pro-growth and full of interest to have diversity in the ranks? Would you yep. agree? Yeah, and, and, and it doesn't have to be a bells and whistles package these days. So those days are gone now with the, with the, the, the senior executive going on a long-term assignment for three years and getting paid a fortune and you know, cashing out and coming back to, to their home country. It's, it's moved on and it's, it's progressed and developed from there. And, and more and more organizations are looking at things like lump sums, but they still want to make sure that the employee is having a, a really positive experience. And those progressive organizations that are seeing mobility as, as a key lever in that, in that talent strategy are the ones who are retaining their staff, are developing their staff, are then having those employees come back to their home country, more rounded individuals, better educated, better skills, and have a greater chance of moving into a leadership role as well. So that's a key pivotal point, I think, at the moment in the market where organizations are either looking at this and they're not, and the ones that aren't, you know, have their head in the sand because the world is, you know, is becoming more and more borderless. And the future is, is to, to offer people opportunities abroad or, or in different states for different reasons. And if organization, organizations want to achieve true agility, then, you know, this is a, a key component of that. Talking with Nick Martin, executive with Topio, how can people get in touch and learn more? Yeah, please feel free to, to reach out to me directly via LinkedIn or nick.martin at topia.com. Of course, you can check our website out, topia.com as well. And yeah, we'd love to, to chat with anyone who's, who's keen to find out more about the role that mobility can play in the talent space and, and how technology is enabling that. So Nick Martin and Topia happens to be featured partner in the upcoming Silicon Valley Global HR News Conference on 12-12 in San Jose. And so thank you, Nick Martin, for being our guest today on globalradiotalkshow.com. Appreciate the opportunity, Ed, and looking forward to seeing you there on the 12th. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Yes, I think to myself, what a wonderful day.